Courtside, Indiana. This is Jim Reamer. We are uh, starting episode 20, so a bit of a milestone, um, a bit of a milestone podcast. And we're joined once again with Zach Tyler, who covers the northern part of the state. Zach, how's your weekend, or how was your week? Yeah, another busy week uh, outside. Uh, yeah, the usual pool, softball and soccer. So staying busy. We need to just record this part, pre-record it, <laughs> yeah. use use it's it each a, week. I guess when you've broken record, yeah, for school teacher. I mean, you're, yeah, you're a teacher, so this is this what we're going through right now is what you go through every year. Yeah, um, it's it's a guy like me that that um, you know usually spends three nights a week in a gym this time of year, getting ready for one event or another. Um, my my routine's been interfered with a little bit. We're we're able to get a little gym time, but not as much as we want or when we want. And, and in our case, we've you know we kind of cut back on some teams heading into this just because we knew gym space would be limited. So um, the um, well, we're we're gonna jump into the news right now. But after we get done with that, we're gonna move into uh, talking about streaming, the streaming the streaming experience of watching games and we've we've had a chance to get some feedback from parents and from college coaches and and as well as as my experience as as coaching my team and having a chance to to figure out how we're going to approach making sure our games get seen as as well as um as as well as making sure that you know our parents get a chance to watch them because some of the restrictions we've gone through but let's move right into the into the news part, the uh, getting up, getting people updated on the offers, and and we did have one commitment this week. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, uh, Jaden Brewer got a Cleveland State offer. Luke Brown, Appalachian State. Uh, Blake Davidson from Fort Wayne, Leo, Indiana Tech. Dorian Harris out of Mary Merrillville, Northern Oklahoma. Uh, Jalen Hooks with a DePaul offer from Chicago. Uh, Landon Jordan got his second offer from Indiana Tech. Jackson Paul picked up his first, two Cherubusco guys, uh, his from Huntington. Joe Reddy, Reedy, Indiana Tech. He's a 2023 kid. Is that correct? Is he? Or is he 22? I didn't. No, I don't. I didn't know he was 2023. You, he you might be 20. I'll look it up. Okay, he might be 22. Uh, Blake Sisley got a pair of offers. Uh, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, and then Lipscomb just to this afternoon, this evening. Uh, Javon Small got two offers also, Purdue-Fort Wayne and IUPUI. Uh, Braden Smith from Westfield, IUPUI also. Malik Stanley brought in a couple offers. Uh, Marion Knights from Indianapolis and then uh, Fairmont State. And then Keon Thompson uh, from Robert Morris. And then our uh, our commitment this week was from uh, Bloomington South's Connor Hickman. He's going to Bradley. Committed to Bradley, yeah. Drew Drew Adams there is an assistant coach at Bradley, and and certainly not only an Indiana connection, but a but a Bloomington area connection. And uh, and Reedy, by the way, is a 2022 kid. Okay. Had a chance to look it up real quick. So, um, yeah, I want to focus on Hooks before moving into Hook Hickman. Hooks is a 2023 kid, so now he is now the second class of 2023 player out of the state that is uh, has a reported offer. 
and and DePaul. I, I will say DePaul has been early on the offers the last few classes. I remember they were one of the first schools on board with some of the 2020 kids. And um, so it's not surprising that they're going to start doing the same thing and, and in hopes of of being in a, putting themselves in a position to to build relationships with players. And and Hooks is a kid that consensus the the best player in the in the class of 2023. I think he's a kid that he is his game is transitioning more from a a pure post player to a to a kid when he was younger to a kid that probably wanted to play more face in the basket but then as middle school coaches tend to do they just sort of tend to either throw kids inside that are big because they don't know any differently um, or they put them on the perimeter without really giving them the uh, the requisite skill set, not only just in terms of ball handling, passing, but also decision-making, understanding how the help, how help defenders react uh, when they put the ball on the floor. And he, but you know, he's played mostly kind of a face up power forward game, face up forward game for Bloomington or for Franklin central this year and you could see him develop just from the beginning of the year to the end of the year just more confidence in his ability to really put the ball on the floor from mid mid range and and get get shots and and, and be making himself available as well um, off penetration off secondary movements like screen and roll or pick and pop um, and, and then watching him play this summer his his shot mechanics are smoothing out a little bit he's starting to look starting to look more like a player that will develop uh, at least guardable range, if not consistent range. And what I like is he just plays hard all the time. I, I don't ever see him uh, right now. He's playing, he's playing a little bit with EG 10, 17 and under team. There's times where he gets caught standing around, um, but it is sort of a dribble drive type of offense, read and react. And, and I know I'm not entirely sure when he was added to that roster, how much they've practiced, but there's times where he does just kind of float. And, and But you know what? He finds his spots and he, and he plays hard through it. And um, as, he, as he gets a little bit more acclimated um, to learning how to play without the basketball, his body, his athleticism, he's not super athletic, but um, he's definitely a good athlete. And I, I like that he is a uh, – He's a kid that gets down defensively and will work at it. So um, that he's going to get a lot of Division One offers. He's going to get a number of high major offers, and and for my money, he's he's right now he's the best player in the class. And I don't mean that just in terms of what he's doing right this minute, but also his uh, projection, his upside. So um, the Hickman commitment, right to Bradley is um, and that I, I like him at that level. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to have to go in and, and get stronger. A lot of, I mean, we could say that about the vast majority of these kids, yeah. but, but he's, I mean, the Missouri Valley's, you know, they tend to have bigger guards, you know, or stronger guards. You look at some of the guards that Wichita State and Creighton's had over the years before they, before they changed conferences. And it hasn't really changed since those two teams have left, left the conference and, you know, Indiana State for a number of years, you know, had Jake Odom play the point. He was six foot five with incredible length. So the Missouri Valley is 
is either got that jet quick point guard or that point guard with with size. And so both of those are going to be challenges for any kid. And, and Connor will will have to get stronger. He will have to, um, you know, he, he's going to have to. Um, well, he's 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 a physical kid anyway, so he's not going to have to worry about that. He'll he'll adapt as he as he gets his gets more muscle on his body. But but I, I like that fit for him. I think the Missouri Valley is a good conference for him, and um, he continues to shoot the ball like he has at Bloomington South. He's going to be a nice addition for them. So. Were you, were you surprised at all he pulled the trigger this early or not really? No, you know, it's tough. Look, man, this is we're in a different world, and we're going to talk about the streaming stuff here later. You know, I, I reached out to college coaches and asked them what some of the pros and cons were, and and it's, you know, one of the ones that was across the board common, a common answer from a lot of these coaches was it's it's hard to make – it's hard to upgrade their opinion on a kid only watching him on video. I think that's right. the best way to sum it up sure. because Con- Connor had some offers before the spring. So it was clear that he was, he was a division one point guard and it, it, but it's been tough for some of these schools, not all obviously, but it's been tough for some of these schools to make changes in their recruiting. You know, there's, there's obviously some of these schools that are making offers now are probably offering kids. I would say that they've already watched it live you know, and, and they're using these opportunities on streaming just to get, I don't want to get too deep into it before we move into that category, but we're into that part of the podcast, but, but maybe we just are now, but they don't want to get the situation where they're having to upgrade or, or speed up their process just because of video. I don't, right. You know, and, and, uh, I don't begrudge any of these kids for thinking, look, how much is my recruiting going to change with the landscape that it is now? Um, but I don't know. I'm not surprised because I, I still think the Missouri Valley is a good place for him. So other than what, waiting for more Missouri Valley offers. Yeah. Um, I, he's just, I think he's in a good spot and, and um, you know, it's a, it's a great league from his family's perspective. They're going to get to watch all of his games. I think. Oh, right. It's a good conference, and they're close, and and they're and now with today's television world, they're well televised. But um, so moving on to the streaming part, what you you kind of brought it up because you weren't going to be able to get to Fort Wayne this weekend to watch games. I've yeah. I've been down in Indy all weekend, which is of course where I live. Um. But you also made a point, you're like, well, I'm going to be watching a lot of games on streaming, and we didn't really have a topic, but, you know, this is the fir- this is normally the first July open period. And hell of late, especially last year, it was the only July open period, at least for events like, you know, for AAU events. Um, so this is a significant moment, because this we are now getting to a point in the recruiting process where this is a direct change. College coaches could not come out this week, or at least Division One, Division Two coaches. Uh, there were the event I was at, a number of NAIA coaches. Uh, there were a couple of Division Three coaches. I'm not even sure they're allowed to come out. I don't even know how that works, so I'm not going to name any names. But um, <laughs> but there were definitely some NAIA coaches there, and and I know the at the NAIA level, NAIA level, they have been told they they are just to police themselves. 
do you know be as comfortable as they are from a school perspective and i don't know if any conferences has have set any sort of edict on and how their schools are supposed to react but but what's tell me, let's talk about your experiences with the streaming process as you've been able to watch it from home or on whatever device it is you're watching it on yeah i, I just watched on the laptop i mean uh you and i kind of chatted about how to watch some stuff and what the easiest way to be was and cost. Uh, I, I looked into the baller TV, obviously it, that one costs a little bit of money. Um, and then I was finding that camera angles weren't always great on those as well. Um, on the baller TV stuff, on, yeah. right on some of the baller TV stuff this weekend, just from the, the game previews you can actually view before you pay. Uh, yeah. Uh, just tough angles, tough to see numbers of kids or faces if the numbers don't match rosters, uh, and if they're if if you even have a roster handy for a lot of those teams. Uh, but then I I oh go ahead, Reese, say something. No, no, go. I was gonna say get to the 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 parts where the games you've watched out of Fort Wayne this weekend. Yeah. Compare and contract compare that experience. Okay, so then what I was able to do is I I got on. Uh, Indy Heat Gym Rats, their YouTube channel, and they were uh, they had full games from uh, Saturday on there, uh, and one game from today up already that I had got to see. Uh, sideline camera, um, I could hear everything going on. I could make out names and or make out numbers and faces, and it was really nice. They did a really nice job. I felt like, yeah. Is it they're using? They're using like a recording. They're using like a news news crew, aren't they? I mean, um, so there's a there's a group up there that that does that, and that's who they're using right now, correct? Well, this one was just purely the Indy Heat Gym Rats teams. They were so just Indy okay. teams, but I know in the the past couple weekends, I thought Summit City Sports has been televising some of the games and with yes. with actual uh, commentators. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. There was some of that going on at the event at the factory, which is uh, Teague's location on the west side of Indianapolis. And I know there's going to be an event in two weeks that we're going to play in that, um, well, I think we'll be featuring sort of that similar setup. It's sort of a, uh, it's, it's a streaming, it's a, it's a group that's just streaming games, uh, but they're also using commentators and, I don't. I don't know if some of them are involved in in this, in the in the Mick, the Mick network. Uh, it could be, and then they're just extending it into the summer. Not that it's the Mick network doing that, but it's a couple of the same people. Um, and it's. I I've not had a chance to go back and watch the games, but. You know, I know they've made a bigger production out of it than just having an iPad on the sideline, scanning the court and following the action. Yeah. So um, I felt the same way you did watching some of the baller TV stuff. And, and I, I did catch some of the previews and, and it is, it is tough for them because they're not really, it was hard to tell what their setup was this, this week. I know they had cameras at each court and I don't, recall i get so engrossed in in what i'm doing while i'm there um but i don't recall what their setup was as far as if they were 
controlling the camera because the cameras were on very, very tall tripods. Uh-huh. And like they were well above, well above eye level. And and these are these were just the ones like at the field houses where they, you know, where they, um, I'm trying to think best choice where we played a couple games. They, they were right there by the scores table. So the, the tripod was, was ground level and then, or court level, and then they lifted it way above the court. So I don't know how they controlled that. I don't know if that's just a wide angle camera that is sure. viewing the entire court or if they're tracking the ball laterally and they're, they're just able to see it on their, on a, a separate app. I, I assume that's what's going on. Um, it's one of those two. It's probably more of the latter because I did see an iPad at the scores table, definitely with baller TV. So I'm sure they have some sort of Bluetooth feed that um, allows them to see what the camera sees, even though it's extended above the court. So um, I do know what you were talking about. There's, there's the one area that at Finch Creek, which is in Noblesville, that is well above, that is almost on top of the court and it's tough to see. Yeah. That's the one. And I, and I don't know if they're doing the same stuff at Grand Park or not, but it is tough if if it's not far enough back. Now, from a coaching perspective, I I don't care. I I like that angle because I get a bird's eye view of the action. Um, and but I I can see from a recruiting perspective where you're not really worried about summer coaches X's and O acumen, you know, or what they're doing defensively. I, I can definitely see them not caring about that, but I can, you know, definitely see them being more interested in the, the uniform number and and just being able to tell. We'll get into some of the positives and negatives, but just being able to get an idea of size on some of these kids relative to others. Yeah. Because um, right now, from that yeah. perspective, it, it it looks like a a late '90s video game angle, you know, <laughs> where every Everybody's kind of the same size, at least digitally. It looks like it. It looks like they're the same size digitally. Ants on the floor, yeah, yeah. But moving, moving looks a bunch of moving pieces on a uh, on a magnetic board. So yeah, um, I you know the interesting the, the interesting thing that I assume that YouTube stuff was was free. I assume. Yep. Was the Summit City feed was that free as well? Um, it seems like it was, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Because the Baller TV has a cost to it, and um, oh, we got a new offer. Yeah, we got a new offer as we speak. We're going hot off the presses. Javon Small with another offer. Yeah, Kent State. Kent State. Another Mac offer for him. Well, good you're, for him. You're going to talk about I, him, aren't you? I am. I Yeah. We're going to get to him here Yeah, later. I, I'm convinced more and more he's the best point guard in Indiana right now. So, at least in the 2021 class. And, and, and a lot of that is certainly because Lander early, uh, you know, reclassed and graduated early. But I'd like to see Small go up against Lander. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's my indie bias right there. Uh-huh. No, no doubt about it. Um, Thank you. But what was that? Sorry, I was p- trying to pull up Summit City Sports here to see what we got. We're getting we're getting live updates. And we're getting 
feedback from the internet. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the, the baller TV cost, I, it is, um, it's geared more towards, I think, extended family members who get a chance to watch their niece or nephew play, or get a chance to watch their grandchild play. Uh, people who can't get to a game, it might even be a parent who, who travels a lot. I know I've got one family that, um, one of the parents travels a lot and they definitely have a baller TV subscription. So, um, on one of our teams at least. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's good for them, um, to be able to watch it, you know, and they're watching their kid and, and they don't have to worry about what uniform number he is and, and locating him. And so it's, it's a good service in that regard. I, I don't know if there's a way for them to change their approach. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're finding out that there's some new challenges here with, with COVID and, and the inability to be able to play in front of college coaches directly. And, and the, the desire for guys like me and other, you know, to, to get games, to make sure our games are visible. We have um, live streamed all of our games uh, straight to Facebook and where we can record them live or we can, they can be viewed live and then they're automatically archived. You know, I, I looked at Twitter. I've done a lot of stuff with Twitter, like at the end of high school games where we're doing you know, the final final possession of a game and, and I'm live streaming so people can watch it. And, but then that, that access goes away, you know, and it's not, it's not easy to find because, you know, in the, in the same time, we're also the same time we're also tweeting other things as the week goes on. And, and the more we tweet, the more buried, the more I tweet, the more buried that feed <laughs> become or that, that clip becomes. Yep. But with the Facebook stuff, not only are we not as active on that Facebook page in terms of, you know, updating and this is for my team. This is not for the website. Not only are we not as active on that Facebook page as far as uh, populating our feed, but if anybody goes to that page, they can see the most recent postings involving media almost right at the top of the page. Um, so now we've got, we've got two teams that we're hosting feeds there too. So you've got to click on, you might click on the wrong one and you might have to kind of click on one to figure out which team it is, but, but they're still accessible right there toward the top of the page. You don't have to go too far. And I think there's also a video link, which will then take you to just the, the uh, postings with video feeds. So we found the Facebook model to be the most convenient um, for our for our needs because it combines the ability to, to put updates on for our teams and also put updates or also host our feeds, our, our games. Sure. So, um, and then the other thing we do, and then we'll get on, and this will be talked about earlier or later as we get into the college coaches' feedback, is, is we make sure our numbers and our rosters are available. You know, um, we... I'm not doing the weekly thing where we're posting our roster and, you know, here's our game schedule and stuff like that. We are posting our game schedules, but I've always done that. Um, and what we're doing with that then is, you know, all of our rosters are on our website with, with current numbers. And, you know, all you got to do is just look up grassroots Indiana and, and there you go. You'll find our stuff. And um, not, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the teams that don't have roster information readily available. Oh, I know sure. they have sent some teams, a lot of teams have sent their stuff to, 
to um, to websites and people wanting that information, but how how teams don't make it available, and how programs don't make the roster information available um, on a website for for as simple as a college coach to go find it. Um, I, I don't understand that, and it's 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 easy to do. Um, doesn't have to be as complicated as what I make it, but is where everything's database driven on my side. Um, but it's it's not a difficult process to post your roster, even if it's just simply freaking type your type it on a on a uh, text input and hit enter. Yeah, you know, there's there's got to be some way to you know have a social media account that can link it to a Google Doc. You know, that's it, it can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be a a, a created website or a designed website. Uh, it could it could be a simple, you know, link to a Google Doc off of a Twitter feed, um, off your Twitter profile. That's that's all it needs to be, or Instagram profile, whatever your social media choice is. So, just having a hard time right now, especially um, where information is so limited or or so challenged, where programs and coaches don't don't make their information. Um, available as easily as possible for, for college coaches trying to watch these kids. So, yeah, for sure. Um, um, moving on, what, what are, who are some of the kids that you've seen here the last, how many, you said you watched five games today, five what, games. What were some yeah. of your impressions? Some of the kids you watched? Um, <clears throat> I'll start off with Naylon Thompson out of Fort Wayne. Uh, re- really yeah. like, really liked him as a lead guard. Um, I feel like he's gotten better over the last couple of years. I remember seeing him as a sophomore uh, and now going into a senior season. I think he's grown up quite a bit. Uh, not as careless with the ball. Very good passer. Loves to attack the rim. Uh, so I really feel like Nalen, Nalen has improved quite a bit. Uh, Zane Burke is another person I'm, I was going to talk about. Uh, obviously, he can hit the three. That's a big part of his game. He's gotten a lot stronger. Um, really can buckle down on defense, uh, but he can also take it to the basket now as well. And he's a good passer. Um, Landon Jordan was another one I was going to talk about as well. Uh, he's gotten a couple offers here recently: Indiana Tech and Huntington. He's the the big out of Cherubusco. Um, he he's more of a a, a one move guy right now. Or if, if he tries to do more than than one thing with once he gets the ball, then he's kind of lost. Uh, but but the potential is definitely there for him to get better at that. So he loves dunking the ball, and he can run and transition pretty well also. Uh, and then another last guy I think I wanted to talk about. Oh, I got two more. Uh, Isaiah Swope. I got to see him for the first time. Yeah. Today and and I was really impressed yep. with how he can run the offense and how composed he is with the ball and and is under control a lot of the time. So I really liked Isaiah. And then uh the one that impressed me the most out of the games I watched was Blake Wesley actually. Um yeah. Blake's from South Bend Riley right here in my neck of the woods. Uh played a ton different than I saw him play with his high school team this year. He was very active on the glass. Um, if his shot wasn't falling from outside, then t- next time he get the ball, he was attacking the rim. Uh, played really hard. Uh, he was finishing at the rim as well. 
played really good defense in the games I watched, and I just felt like he had a really good weekend this weekend. So uh, yeah. Blake was a good, really good player. He's been a, he's Wesley's been a kid when he played for uh, our Under Armour group. He he was a kid that pretty selfless in, in terms of fitting in with a group of kids. You know, he that first year especially he didn't start much, and it wasn't necessarily because he wasn't good or wasn't going to be the best prospect. It's just because they liked his energy off the bench. And, I mean, that was a group that started a a, a traditional point guard, uh, the, the Rogers kid from Louisville. Sometimes they started Luke Lacey from Brownsburg. But then they started Lane Sparks from Greensburg. Um, and then they started uh, Jaden Taylor from, from Perry Meridian. And they would bring Blake off the bench. And then when Blake would come in, he would he probably would hardly ever sit. Yeah. So and I even had I even had to coach him one weekend because their coach couldn't get off work in July. So, you know, our July stuff normally is Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, you know, their coach had changed jobs. So getting getting vacation time at a new job to go <laughs> to go coach a basketball game, not exactly high on the on your new company's priority. Sure. So I helped them out for for, for a day and a half, coach their three pool games and and um they, you know, I, I know when I put Blake in, I started, you know, I started the guys he told me to start and then the rest of it was up to me. And I, I know I put Blake in, I don't know that I ever took him out. Um, I, I love his mindset defensively. Yeah. I, I think he is a kid that, especially as he gets stronger. I mean, right now his length and his quickness is, is so imposing. Definitely. And as he starts to, yeah. And as he starts to put weight on, he's just going to be a, a menace yep. at the high major level on defense. I've always liked him as a lockdown defender. Um, I've always thought he was the best defender, um, him and Luke Lacey, um, were the two best defenders in that class. And, and for a couple of years, they were on the same team and, and they could really get after it. And, and that, you know, and Jaden Taylor's not a bad defender. Um, he's, he's actually a really good defender, but I, I just think Wesley has a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in his defensive ability than most of the kids in this class and i've just not and hell all of them let's just say that i've not seen anybody defend like he can and and i, I think he's just gotten more consistent with it and as he gets stronger he's gonna he's gonna even get a little bit better so and you, um, and you know now that i think of it uh, uh pierce thomas was playing with those guys and he actually he, yep. he did pretty well this weekend i thought hit a couple nice jumpers uh and just as athletic as all get out we already knew that but but he had a couple good games that I saw as well. And he he matches he and Blake are the two best athletes in the class and and or if there's anybody else in that neighborhood I would I would doubt they're more athletic than those two maybe maybe as athletic but certainly not more. And Pierce has the body to go with it definitely. And but where Blake has the advantage on Pierce physically is just in sheer length. Yep. And you know he's. You know, I'd love to see that wingspan comparison come out, and and who knows, maybe it's because Pierce is thicker. He doesn't look quite as long. I don't know, but it, it, Wesley's arms just look like they go on forever. He looks like he reminds me of Plastic Man. Yeah, where his arms. Every time I see him, I think his arms get longer as the game goes on, and and um, he's just he's just awfully. Both those guys have a lot of athletic ability that they bring to the court. So, um, you know, guys, I got a chance to watch this week. You know, Javon Small. 
We talked a lot about him last week. He's had another good week of offers. Um, and I touched on it earlier. I think he's the best point guard in the class right now. Uh, he, he's. I want to reiterate to everybody, he has a high major body. And he's got he's got the length to go with it as well. And I think that right now the only thing that holds him back, he, let's let's pretend college coaches could come watch him play. The only thing that would hold him back is the fact that his his outside shot tends to be more of a set shot. Okay, and and that's not a you know that's not a criticism. That is a that is something that I think is a work in progress. He's developing it, from what I understand. You know he's shooting the ball a lot better than he than he used to, and that's that's been a big part of his. It's been a big part of what he's worked on to improve. I utterly love his ability to play, to control the pace of the, of the possession. And today, um, <laughs> today they played Indiana Elite. The George Hill group played Indiana Elite's top team, and I I know for. I went in there thinking that, you know, I spent the first half of the first half, the first quarter of the game, thinking that Javon Small was the best guard in that game, period. Yeah. Um, And then it became he was the best guard in that game from Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Because then then we had the Will McCracken show. And I don't follow out of state recruiting very much. I don't. I don't really know a lot of these guys unless we play them. Um, getting back more into the scouting side of it, you know, you you, you do kind of get open to seeing more kids and and kind of get a. And Will McCracken was phenomenal. His athleticism is. He's. I mean, he's. He's about a six four guard. He's a he's a two guard. Well, I want to say he goes to Cincinnati Moeller. Uh, that's not right. That's not right. Um, look that up while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> For me. Will McCracken you. out of Ohio. Because they've got two. That, that's Logan Duncan's team, and that's um, Jalen. Um, daggone it. What's Jalen's first name? What's the guard they've got for Moeller? Um, I'm going to find their roster here right quick. Yeah, he's at Bishop Moeller. Yeah, they got Jalen. Oh, McCracken is? Yep. Oh, so he, so he and um, – he and Duncan or Duckham are from Moeller. Is Jalen Gibson from Moeller? Do we know that? Uh, I don't see him on the roster. Okay. So Jalen Gibson also from Ohio, but not, not from Moeller. But, but McCracken went baseline and in, in traffic just rose up and, and dunk, dunk. You know, that, that's not, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do in traffic. And, he had several opportunities in in, in the open court to fly, you know, to to get dunks, and I just more impressed with with where he took off from, and his ability to dunk off one foot, off two feet. It was it was a display of athleticism that's that's tough to that's tough to match, and the the ease at which he shot the ball in transition or off the dribble that that was another aspect uh, that I liked about his game, but. You know he's an Ohio kid. We're obviously not going to cover him too extensively, but but he was impressive today. He kind of stole the show there for a while, and and as Indiana Elite stretched their lead out from what was a pretty competitive game, it it was mostly a anywhere from a four point game either way, either side. Um, but then Indiana Elite started to stretch it out, and McCracken um, 
really had a big part of that stretch, as did Jaden Brewer. So, um, especially in the, as the second half started. And I left with about, I don't know, nine minutes to go, and they had pushed the lead to 15. I have no clue what the final was. I haven't, I've not looked yet, but, um, but small was impressive. And I, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I don't mean to be critical of anybody else's rotations because I'm sure anybody could watch me coach and wonder what the heck I'm doing, but I, I wouldn't have small out of a game for very long. Well, let's just put it that way. I definitely would not have him out of a game if things were going, weren't, weren't going well. Um, he is, He's a, he's a two-way player. He defends extremely well. Love his length. We've talked about that. Um, and he just doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't he doesn't rush things. He never you can't speed him up, and that's a big deal. So, uh, two other kids that I got a chance to watch more of this week were um, Hudson Hydrator from Fountain Central or from Floyd Central, excuse me. Um, you know, and they're a balanced team, so it's tough for any one kid to stand out with that group and and. But in, in watching him play, more and more his shot is effortless. And, and at 6'5", and, and with really good length, he's able to get up in the air, create separation vertically. And with his high release, it, it's going to be hard for guys at a Division One level to really contest his shot. I mean, they might be able to get hand in his face and, and cloud his vision. But as far as actually physically contesting the shot, it, it's going to be tough for somebody unless they're just super athletic. And was really impressed with his ball handling, his, his ability to make plays, but how effortless, just like the McCracken kid, how effortless his shot looked off the dribble. And and JT Hatton, in the low post, he's got good feet, but he's still slow with the ball inside. Um, but he does have good footwork, so he's working his way to getting into a shot and is, and is not um, – it just takes him time to transfer his body, you know, from one one direction to another. But then I liked his trail, his ability to hit hit the trail shot and, and be able to hit the top of the key three. He shoots that with confidence. Uh, they can reverse the ball through him, and he can he can make the next play pretty easily. Um, I don't know how good of a passer he is in, the, in out of the low post, but out of the high post, he looked good this weekend. And I got a chance to watch them play more, and I, more and more, I think he's he's deserving of that of the offers he's getting. He's at, and he's and he's not does not shy away from physicality either. So, um, and then four freshmen that I got a chance to watch up close and, and coach against two of them, uh, Logan Imes from Zionsville. He he plays for one of the Indiana Elite teams. He, he is he's the kind of kid that I love at the point where he is always looking to get downhill, doesn't make mistakes, obviously can shoot the ball well, and is definitely a, a pass-first point guard. A pass-first point guard who can hit shots and who can score. And I think as he starts to get to the point where he is attacking the rim and, and finishing in traffic, and I, you know what I've not seen much from him is a mid-range game. I've not seen that, that paint floater from him yet. Um, doesn't mean he doesn't have it. I just don't know that I've ever seen it, and I've watched him a lot over the last two years. Um, so that's got to that's probably got to be a you know at least a a bag in his trick or a trick in his bag. Sorry, <laughs> either one. Um, yeah, but 
he looked good this weekend defensively. He's 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 really good. Doesn't he's a, he's not going to be a guy that's out there making plays, but he's also can guard his position. And you know he's going to get a huge uptick in in usage this year as a sophomore at Zionsville, and and they're going to need him to be productive. And um, the other three were were kids that one one I coach is Spencer White. When he's shooting the ball, he's he's his shot mechanics are just fine from the waist up from the waist down his feet get tangled up every now and then he gets a little twisted and it impacts his shoulders um but when he's square and he's just clean and catch to shot his body movement is clean and efficient at six five he can do a lot on the floor and he's rebounding the ball well this summer um scoring the ball we run a lot of offense through him he can he can, he's a playmaker for us and defensively still has to work on some off-ball stuff. But on the ball, he's one of our better defenders. And then the two kids that we played today that actually beat us, we've talked a little bit about Joey Hart. He has the offer from Indiana State. He is as complete of a score as there is in this class. Uh, our scouting report on him was um, he's their best shooter, uh, the team that he's on. And – but he also has a very quick first step in either direction, either hand. And that makes him really hard to guard. And as good as he is off the ball as well, he is, um, you know, he just was tough for us to guard today. And I thought we did a pretty decent job on him. And the kid we didn't do a very good job on was Sam Orm from Carmel. So Carmel's got two kids that on this list, both Sam and Spencer dressed varsity for Carmel, got 90% of their minutes on a on, you know on, in a game night on the JV, but Orm was really good th- this weekend, and it was really good against us. And, and a lot of what he did was move without the ball, and, and he shot okay. Um, he has grown a lot lately, which is good for Carmel, bad for us today. Um, it was funny our kids were arguing about that, and I, he's he's grown two inches since the school year was over, and he's wow. he's pushing pushing six seven right now. And, and is super long, and that's going to impact his shot. But what I liked about him today was his ability. To, I mean, he's always good without the basketball. You've got to be to play at Carmel. And his, he was able to take the ball off the dribble and, and make plays today that I had not seen him do much of. Um, and I, I know there was some Carmel on Carmel gamesmanship going on today, and um, not just between him and Spencer, but um, – one of his really good friends, I coach as well. They we they guarded each other, and um, they uh, they took their cracks at each other, and it was it was bad in the moment. But then the more I think about it, Carmel's got a really damn good class in twenty twenty three. So guys, beat them now because it's going to get tougher and tougher to beat them later. So um, so those were the those were some of the kids I saw this weekend that I liked as well. So um, I I want to. Not that we can't talk about more things afterward, but but I want to go through some of the coaches' feedback um, yeah. that I got. I so what I what I did was was texted coaches, college coaches at, at various levels, um, and I got about two dozen of them that replied back, which I appreciated. And I put a I put a note out on Twitter to get me some feedback as well, and I think most of the the parent feedback. I probably got a dozen. Let me check here. I got yeah, thirteen. 
between DMs and, and text messages, I got 13 parents that res- that replied. And they really said the same thing. The, it's, a, you know, it's necessary. You know, their experience has been that they have seen an uptick. They have heard that college coaches are watching. So they know that's the case. Um, they, you can tell the ones that have their information available online, like we touched on earlier. You know, the, the one, there were a couple of parents who said our coach doesn't have anything online to let us know who, you know, which kids are whom. Oh, man. You know, but, but they're communicating to coaches separately to let them know, hey, my son's number 12 or, or whatever it may be. Um, and, and again, this was reaching out to the class of 2021, primarily in 2022. Um, but their, their feedback was, was really pretty simple that, it, you know, Hey, it's cool. And, and a lot of them, all, but a couple of them, let me flip through here real quick. Yeah. All, but a couple of them were like, it's been really good for their grandparents and, you know, cousins and things like that, that you know, the close extended family to be able to watch their games. And, and they've liked that aspect of it. And, and really that was, that was most of the feedback, but um, college coaches was a little bit more, more diverse. I'm going to cover some of the, the common points and then I'm going to go through three, three that I thought were pretty unique. Um, the, the cons, and you can interject as we go through this stuff. Okay. Let's start with the negative and then we'll, we'll end with the positive. We've already talked about the, the poor angles yeah. on the floor. Yep. Um, and, and look, some of that is some of that. You know, we're used to this day and age. You go to a college basketball game, especially one by ESPN or or, or Fox, or you know, you're getting probably twelve cameras in every game. Right. We're going to have an experience when the should hopefully everything goes well, but when the NBA comes back one of the major topics of discussion is going to be how they present these games visually. And you're going to, you're, we're going to get so many different cam- camera angles that we don't normally have because there's, they have to do things to sort of ju- to sort of juice up the coverage, right. you know, to juice up the, te- the tele, you know, to the, the broadcast and, and not because the game is vastly different on TV when there's no fans in the stands, but it's because they can afford to do it. They've got all the, you know, they've got, the room they need to do it, you know, um, they're not going to have audio from, you know, fans are not going to have that. They might try to pipe some of it in, but they're not going to have that real time intensity that you get. So you're going to have, you're going to have different camera angles. You're going to have microphones in places that you don't normally have them. And, but when we're talking about these AAU events, it's one camera. So, yeah, sure, the camera angle sucks. And the one thing that I spoke to with somebody who I didn't remember who was that was asking me about this and the difference, the major difference between a college coach being at the game and, and being able to watch it on TV is or on a stream is even if even watching it on TV where they've got 12 different camera angles, when you're watching it on TV, you don't control the, the frame of focus. Right. The, the, the producer in the TV truck controls the fame, frame of focus. With one camera, there's only one frame of focus. But when you're watching the game, you're on your, you know, when you're there live, you're in person, and this is really important for a college coach, is 
you control the frame of focus. You can just watch one player the whole time. And when he's out of the game, you can zone out. You can read Twitter. You can check your text, whatever. You know, whatever your MO is, you can continue to watch the game. But you don't have to. Okay? Um, so, the, the, the camera, the poor angle is, is you know, definitely a function of resources. Um, right. But it's also a function of, of um, you know, what, what you're actually trying to do here. Yeah. We're just trying to get the game out there for people to see it. We're not trying to produce a TV right. show. So. And, and, and that's kind of one thing we have to remember during this, too, is these, these facilities aren't made to be broadcasting <laughs> these games out to people like they they're need to now essentially like with camera quality and stuff like you're talking about. Right. And that's, that's the other thing is the quality of the camera. Yeah. You know, it's, I think of these, I think if some of this was, um, you know, if it was, if they were able to, to do different things, zoom in on, on occasions. And I mean, it's just, it's impossible to, to duplicate a normal televised experience. But um, so it's, 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 it's not really a criticism of, hey, this sucks. It's just, hey, this is just what we have the the option of because this is because I I tell you what, not to dip into the pros too too quickly, the one thing they all said better than nothing. Yep, that's the one positive. Every single response was was better than nothing, you know, and that they're right, and it, it's been better than nothing, and no different than, you know, regional week when we didn't have regionals back in March me bellying up to the couch and or sulking down at the sulking, literally sulking down on the couch and watching sectional feeds from the week before that I didn't get, you know, that I didn't get to attend. Um, that's what I did on sectional Saturday or regional Saturday and, and re, you know, on Sunday was watch sectional games on the ITCA streaming stuff. And they don't have a whole lot of camera angles on those things either. Um, but video quality was, was the one that I think is, this is something that these services need to definitely work on. What, what was the video quality like? Did you watch any of the Summit City stuff? Uh, it was uh, just the previews. I saw the Summit City stuff. It was pretty good. Uh, you thought you thought so? That you thought the quality was good? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely better than like you're talking about the higher camera angles and not being able to tell who's who and that kind of thing. But yeah, I could definitely. Tell. Well, I'm talking about. I'm more interested in the actual video quality. I mean, you could have a a great camera angle and your your quality is crap just because of could be just as simple as bandwidth right you know the bandwidth of the location and you know there's parts today i was in finch creek there's parts in finch creek where there's no signal on my phone so i wouldn't be able to stream anything from there i couldn't even get twitter at a certain spot right and then as you get as you get closer to as you get closer to other parts of the building then you you get a little bit stronger signal so sometimes i mean that is directly related to the video quality. What what about the gym rat stuff? The it was pretty good. Good quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could tell what was going on. I was obviously and everything and numbers and stuff and faces. I assume that was just an iPad. Yeah, I don't know, but it was, um, it was good. I think the problem, like we've streamed our stuff, and I think for the most part, um, we've had good video quality. Uh-huh. Now we've had some. We've had some flat angles, so we would be of the poor angle variety. But again, I've just got one parent doing that, right? And um, you know, and I, I appreciate it because we're able to we're able to get that out there. 
and especially with there being restrictions on who can come into the building or how many people can come in the building. I mean, the first event we played in, we only got to have five parents at our game. So that's, that's just one parent for five kids, you know? So we've got, we had five kids who didn't have any parents there. And, you know, so that one parent filming that game was, was very valuable to the rest. And, you know, they, uh, when you know, when you know the guys on the team, it's easy to follow the action or it's easy to follow who's making, who's making the plays. But we decided to just go ahead and continue to stream our games and, and we'll do so regardless. Um, and we'll do so until somebody tells us we're not going to do it as far as, you know, facility or, right. I know one of our, I know one of our teams was told they couldn't record the games or couldn't live stream the games or couldn't even record them. And then our, all four or five of our games, five games, we, we streamed all of them straight to Facebook. And you know what? We should be able to, we, we should be able to do what we want with the stuff for our team. But um, the other thing, the, the other con that a lot of them cited were lack of roster information, oh, for sure. uniform numbers. Um, it, the one that I, you now you're getting into some legitimate, like real legitimate basketball issues. It, it's, it was hard to tell their physical attributes. It was hard to tell, you know, camera angles will dictate some of this. It was hard to tell how big some of these guys really are um, compared to whoever they're guarding, you know, or whomever they're guarding. Um, and if they didn't know who the other kid was, then it was really hard to tell. Um, you know, it was, it was hard to tell, um, you know, how fast some of these guys are just, just you couldn't you couldn't get a sense for pace. You couldn't get a sense for speed. That, these were some. This again. This is some of the the feedback. Um, one coach, actually more than one coach, said you can't really get too deep into character issues or, or coachability issues. And a lot of that is like what we tell our guys. When you you know you're judged on everything. When you come out of the game, you can't be frustrated. You just got to be professional yep. about it. Yeah. You, you know, and you got to. If you're mad, you got to sit on the bench and, and not look mad. You can be mad, but then fake it. Yeah. And it's hard to tell that on the, when you're watching the feed because, again, the camera controls the perspective, the physical perspective or the visual perspective, where if you're there live, your set of eyes, your own priority controls the, the visual perspective. Yeah, that, I feel like that's um, a really good point because when I go to – when I used to go help recruit and and now scout stuff with our website, that's one thing I like to do. I like to sit across from the benches so I can see kids and how they're acting when they're on the bench and are they cheering their teammates? Are they ticked off like you're saying and head in, head in their hands and because they got pulled out? I, I thought that's a really good point that I never really thought of with the streaming. Yeah, and I like to sit behind the bench. I like to see what their faces look like as they walk toward their coach. <laughs> so that's that's another thing. Um, that's when I'm recruiting. That's, I don't really worry about that when I'm doing our role with the website, but if I'm going to go look at a kid for our team there at some point, I'm going to sit behind their bench as closely as I can and, um, and just get a feel for what they look like when they come out of a game, yeah. you know, because you just want to know, um, you know, it, it's hard to tell sometimes are they mad at themselves? Are they mad at their coach, you know, are they mad at a teammate? So, try to beat that out of them as a coach you try to let them know that you just got to be professional about it because any hint of ambiguity you know and 
you might leave a college you might leave a college coach especially to not even care to ask about you know who was he upset with oh definitely stuff like that so but those were things that are hard to tell those were those were the main negatives that that I came across um the positives like we said earlier it was better than nothing um so the flip side of the intangible part was they get to see them fit within within their team you know there was a handful of coaches that said we get a chance to watch them how they play with with a new set of teammates. You know, we've seen them play school ball, or even even have seen them play in past summers. Now they get a chance to see them play in in, in a game context, and that's that's invaluable. Um, they get the 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 main one that they really liked was the on demand feature of it, and a lot of the programs download their games, so they download them, um, and then they get a chance to watch them again. You know, so they watch them. I asked, so the question I asked all these coaches um, was, have you been watching, or what's the good and the bad of watching games on streams? Have you been watching them as a staff or separately? And almost all of them watch these games separately. So they all have their same player that they're assigned to um, or same group of players that they're assigned to. And then they come together as a group and, and talk about each player. So I don't think they've changed their process in that regard. But the on-demand ability of it, the the ability to download games as well. So like where our games are archived on Facebook, they get a chance if it's, you know, depending on what service it is, to download the games and watch them again, you know, watch them repeatedly. He says that's when we get a chance to go through and have a meeting and, and watch these games as we're discussing it. And that's definitely a positive. You know, that's something that you can't get. When you when you go watch a game live, now you might be able to go watch a game live and still have the ability to see that game streamed because this isn't the first year Baller TV or or some of these places have streamed games. But the ability to do it on demand um, and repeatedly on demand, I think, is a positive that hopefully will, will continue to be a positive after we get back to some normalcy here. Not but sure. Um, watch more games. That was the thing too. They get to watch more games. And we, you know, we sort of touched on that with the on-demand stuff. Um, and then this next one sort of fits into that too. They get varied exposure for different kids. So they, they may see a kid now that they, they wouldn't have maybe physically gone to see because resource time is limited. You know, you can't be in, in two places at once. Well, well, now they can because now they can get two games at 5 p.m., you know, the different locations, watch one now, watch one later, you know, so now they get a chance to see some, you know, some kids that may pique their curiosity, but they weren't previously recruiting up to now. So that's a positive for the kids. Um, and again, these are, these are all positives that could go forward as we continue to stream games. Oh, without a doubt. Um, um, and then, then two others, comfort of their own home or their own office. Uh, hopefully their office chairs and their home chairs are more comfortable than the, the chairs they have to sit on courtside at these games. And then a lot of them cited um, they enjoyed or they appreciated not having to pay 400 bucks for a coaching package <laughs> just to get roster information. Yes. And a lot of times that roster information isn't, isn't up to date yep. or, or even or accurate. So um, the, uh, the three responses, any, anything on that, anything that of the positive side, any other positives that you could think of 
no, I, those are those are pretty good ones. The, the not getting to see the kids you might normally see that's that's a good one, or that you might not get to see. I like that one. And then the yeah cost potentially cost is good for them, obviously on their budgets, especially with everything going on. Yeah, especially the non yeah high majors. Yeah, and but the 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 variable exposure is the thing that I tell our guys all the time is you never know who's watching. Yep. And and with this and again the streaming can take place. So once we get through this stuff in college, we we go back to normal, whatever that is. Hopefully next year. We still stream games. We're going to continue to do it. I mean, it's it's too easy now to do that. Um, thanks to social media, it's too easy to do this. So we're going to continue to do it. Um, so we're going to make our games available to anybody and everybody. And the so it, it underscores the point more. You don't. You never know who's watching. So you always should be on your best. You always should be on your best effort. Your best behavior. You know, your best disposition, be a good teammate, things like that. All those things that, that we regurgitate as coaches over and over and over that these kids get tired of hearing. I, I always say control the controllables. And um, it's just it's just one of those things where it's hard for them to visualize it when there aren't a bunch of guys sitting across the court watching games. And, and now, you know, we're able to talk to them a little bit about, say, look, we, we've seen some uptick this week not only in website views on our website, but also visitors on our Facebook page. So we've seen more views just these last two days of our games. And it's just because college coaches are going through and formulating lists. Sure. You know, and, you know, some of that has been our directing it. Hey, here, check out our games, um, which we'll continue to do. And I'm, and I'm sure some of it has just been people that normally recruit our kids. So... Um, the three that the three responses that I liked that stood out or that just were different. A couple of them are pretty serious. <laughs> one of them I thought was funny. Um, one was a new head coach. He goes, I'm focused on our team right now. So it's really just been my assistants watching. He says, I haven't been able to watch much yet. You know, and I thought that was a great perspective. And that's a situation where you know, these guys are just now getting their kids on campus. And, you know, I don't even know what that's like right now. I have, I have no clue. Like, even Indiana or Purdue, I don't know any of these high majors, what they're doing. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's probably still a lot of individual stuff. It's probably still a lot of weights and conditioning. Um, but I don't, I don't know how much that they can do. But – if you're a new head coach, then the ability to install your system or to start to install your culture, it's got to be difficult right now. So that he's, I get that. So he's this this coach is focused heavily on. Look, man, I got to put my program as a whole first, and let my assistants do their job in recruiting. And you know they'll dig into. You know he'll probably dig into it once the fall gets here. But I thought that was a good perspective. Um, the other one I liked was um, our GAs clip games or clip some games that we screen and record. So they're recording all these games or downloading all these games. And then their GAs will go through and clip the plays of the kids they watch. Um, and he says, then we sit down and watch the whole game. 
um, especially if it's a new kid, they'll go in and watch a whole game um, and and get a chance to see kids they might not have already seen. And then he goes from there, we're prioritizing kids to watch some more, you know, and, and, um, oh, one thing I didn't mention on the negatives, and I, I skipped over this and I apologize. It was a handful of guys said it was hard to make a final decision on someone they're just now seeing or someone that had been borderline from the beginning. And this goes to what this assistant had said about having their their GAs clipping stuff. So they've got a broad list of kids they're looking at and they're having their GAs clip as much as they can. I'm sure they have some positive attributes and some negative attributes. And from there, they then hone in and decide, okay, who are we, who are we really going to spend time watching? And, and then from there, they decide, you know, is this enough to make an offer? And this one coach in particular, as well as a handful of others, said it's tough for us to make final decisions to offer or not without seeing them in person. Yeah. So if this if this is somebody new or somebody that's borderline, I'm getting some feedback that these guys aren't changing their disposition and all of a sudden you're going to go after it, you know. Um, but then you look at a kid like Javon Small, I guess I don't know who was, came into Franklin Central this year to watch him play. Um, but, you know, I know like with Sisley and some of these guys, Luke Brown, some of these guys that are that have been getting a number of offers, I know they've had a, a, a long, you know, not maybe not a parade, but <laughs> pick my metaphor carefully there, but they've had a good good portion of coaches in to watch them play during during the last season or two. So none of these guys that are offering, or maybe I shouldn't say none of them, but I'm, I'm guessing very few of these offers are coming from people that haven't seen them live. Yeah. Um, but still, a lot of coaches aren't comfortable doing that. So um, so I thought that was interesting how they have their extended staff. They're, they're using their video guys, basically, to continue to do their video job. Just in this case, um, putting together clips from AAU games. Um, instead of scouting, instead of putting together scouting stuff off the of synergy, and then my favorite one was was more of a humor one. Uh, the the response was we watch we watch separately as a staff, so they each get the ch- chance to watch their their own people. He goes, it's it's been okay. Obviously, would like to see games in person. I do like that I can sit on my deck, drink a beer while I'm watching games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. I thought that was good. And then he goes, we're getting out to a lot of high school workouts in July as well. So, which that last sentence is basically stuff that started, you know, last Monday. So, um, you know, I know right now the division, you know, NCAA coaches can't do that. So at least D1 and D2 can't. I don't know about D3. Uh, But so, so that's it. So that's the feedback from the college coaches. It's feedback from some of the parents. I appreciate the college coaches responding. Um, I certainly appreciate them responding. Um, I always, you know, you always like it when they return a phone call and a text. <laughs> um, but um, I also appreciate the parents that that reached out. So if you're you're among that group and you listen, and um, and you you replied to to my uh, to me reaching out to you guys, I I want to thank you because that was good information. So. 
Zach, we have anything else to cover? Uh, I don't think tonight. Got no, we're good. Got some good stuff out there, I think. Well, I, I agree. I think the streaming thing was was timely. I'm glad you mentioned something about it um, because this is normally a big week. You know, right now this would be the time where college coaches are getting up tomorrow morning and walking into meetings and discussing, okay, what's our next plan of action? And I, I think some of that, as we know, the schools that are going to have a hard time pulling the trigger just from video are um, – you know, probably going to be a little bit more conservative. But then I think starting tomorrow, we'll, we'll well, I don't know. I, I guess the one thing is we've had three, we've had three weeks of basketball here in Indiana. Yeah. So we've, this is actually our fourth weekend of, of games. So maybe I'm not, maybe we won't see the flood of tomorrow would normally be the day where we would see a ton of offers that, that first Monday after the first open period is the, is the day when it's just stuff just starts flooding in. Um, but so maybe we won't get that tomorrow like we like we normally would in the past. But but tomorrow would normally be the day when these guys would have meetings and, um, you know, then trying to figure out where they're going to go in week two. So but next weekend, there's more events unless something happens. Um, Indiana still seems to be doing well on on covid cases. I do like that Holcomb, Governor Holcomb is focused on hospitalization, hospital surging. Uh, you know the, you know the um, occupancy rate of uh, ICU units. I do like that. It's it's tough to equate it in cases um, because when there is more testing, there's going to be more more you know positive cases. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as to advocate not testing, <laughs> like a certain president has said repeatedly. Um, but hopefully we're staying on track from a state perspective. I know other states are, are suffering. Um, I would argue through their own ignorance, but, but that's, that's as far as I'm going to go on the podcast with this, but, um, but hopefully next, next weekend we still have basketball. I know that Friday there is a chance that we could open up, you know, we could open up and have it be completely open. Um, but I'm going to guess that sports will again, be treated differently and we'll continue to have that 250 model. Yeah. Um, there's a little, there's a little rumor they might up at the 400. So what it is, it's either 50% capacity or 250, whichever number is smaller. So these field houses that we're playing in, it's the 250 mark versus 50% capacity. Um, hopefully they up that to 400. That gives us a little bit more flexibility and um, allow guys like me to not have to sneak into gyms and um, ahead of our game time just so I can watch. So it's, um, it's, it's been a little bit of a shell game for me. So making sure I get in to watch games. So, but Zach, I appreciate your time. And, and that does it for episode 20. Uh, anything, to, anything to publicize for this upcoming week? Uh, hope to get to talk to uh, a coach or two about recruiting during this process this week, if we can do that. Good. I think we're going to, we need to talk about that. We, we have been talking about interviewing coaches, college coaches on the recruiting process during this COVID period. And, and I think we're going to start doing that. So if not this week, then next week. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And, um, and then I got a couple of other ideas for content that I'm going to keep under my hat. So, um, but for right now, this has been episode 20 of Courtside Indiana podcast. We appreciate everybody listening as always. And as always, we are subscribable via Apple podcasts and Spotify. So until next week, uh, thanks again for listening. Bye.